Well, welcome back to another episode of In-House Podcast. And today it probably looks a little bit different because we have uh, some special guests with us. We got Andy Rozier from uh, Vertical Worship, and we got JJ Asalube and uh, Joshi Yeshu Dawson. How's it going, guys? Good. It's going good. Doing good, man. Good, man. Thank you yeah. guys for being here. I really do appreciate it. Thanks I mean, for having us. Yeah. Yes, sir. So we're all uh, worship leaders. We all serve in ministry. We all... Uh, that's what we, we do. That's where the Lord has called us. But how do we get there? You, would you guys want to share about that? You, you stop. I started actually in this church was one of the first times I ever led worship. Because um, uh, we were a part of a campus organization called Crew. And I was helping kind of lead worship for that. And I was going to the, this church at the at the time. I was just playing, you know, and Jason was like, what are you doing here? We, why didn't you tell me you play guitar or whatever? So he gave me, Pastor Jason gave me a guitar and I was using his guitar for like my first three years of leading worship. And he was the worship leader here at the time before he became the senior pastor. So that was kind of my journey. It was like they needed somebody. Hey, you could play guitar. Um, and that's kind of what got me started. I was here studying for, to be a physical therapist and the Lord kind of just, we're going to go this way instead, you know? So, and that was, uh, it was 10 years ago now, but it's hard to believe. Man. Wow. JJ? the line, I guess. Um, <laughs> for me, it's always just been like, my family has always been super musical. Um, so for me, I was always leaning more towards that side, um, little kid dreams, like being like a celebrity and all that stuff. Um, uh, but what really actually hit me is uh, when I came into uh, high school. So I was on the chapel band for my high school. And so there was a pastor over there and I came on playing drums, actually. I was kind of expecting to just get some clout for the year to, I don't know, be up on stage and be recognized. But something that was so different that I'd never experienced is that um, the pastor who was leading that group is he just wanted to pull out so much and pour so much more into us than just performing and being on a stage. And so he showed me like what it truly was to have a heart of worship towards God, um, how the presence of God can change people and transform people. And so I think it was that year um, that really God placed a deep calling in my life to let other people experience the presence of God. And not only that, but give a hunger to other people to really just press into him, um, even in the lowest place, um, to give that that kind of hunger, just like um, I believe it was Paul had when uh, they're just praising and blessing God's name at midnight, to give people that kind of hunger. And so, yeah, for me, that's the kind of calling that he's placed on my life in worship leading. Man, that's awesome. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I grew up in garage bands, and uh, and we literally like would rehearse for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours in garage in garages, and never get any gigs. And <laughs> and then in I was uh, uh, but like that was like one thing going on in my life, and another thing going on in my life. Like it, when I was 11 years old, my mom got invited to a Billy Graham crusade and got saved. Oh, and I went with her. I was one of, I, I, I have three other siblings, but I went with her. So I actually remember the first worship song I ever heard. What was it? 
Uh, it was a song called Shine Jesus Shine that was a massive song around that time. A guy called Graham Kendrick had just written it and and Man. it was a big song in like the, the turn of the modern worship movement. And I just remember as 11-year-old, now that I have 11-year-olds, I can see myself in that and just like eyes wide open and just like watching an environment and knowing that something was very unique, which now I can say, wow, that I was watching the spirit move yeah. for the first time. And, um, and so I just kind of like would go to church with my mom for a bunch of years, basically so I could drive her car around the church parking lot. And, <laughs> and then it turned into like meeting girls. And then it turned into a summer camp that I went to and the worship leader gave his testimony and led me to Christ. And, and so I, all the affection that I had for contemporary music, contemporary lyric, turned towards like worship lyric like that yeah. and that was it i was just like i want to do that and there was no plan b there was no there was nothing second else. guessing no i just Man, like, i good. just ran at it i put a band together we crowdfunded our church <laughs> by like <laughs> selling them <laughs> records that we hadn't even made yet so, you know like, and then and then you know um you know, there was bands like Delirious, which was cutting edge at that time, that put like the, the phone number on the back of their their record. And so I just called the number and I was just like, I just want to go, can I come and record a record? Like I put some money together and <laughs> and it just went on and on and on. And yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. What about you, Jack? Yeah, man. I, um, I grew up in a Christian home. I was, well, my dad was a pastor. And uh, my mom is a biblical counselor now, but she always kind of had that idea that like, that's where she wanted to go. Like she wanted to, she wasn't sure if she just wanted to do counseling or if she wanted to, to do that. But one thing they always instilled in us, uh, because we're also all adopted, me and my siblings, we're from Russia. And so one thing they instilled in us is like you, like we would pray before meals, we would do that. But more than anything, they just wanted us to know how much Jesus loved us. And so... Um, I actually, instead, I remember being like three, my parents said I was like two, it doesn't matter, but they were like, um, instead of going to children's church, I would stay in the main service and just watch the worship team. And I was so like captivated by uh, music. I was so captivated by, I don't even know what it was at the time, but eventually my parents would buy me guitars and more often than not, I would break them because I was so young and I just didn't know what I was doing. But I would literally play and I didn't know any chords or anything, but I would literally just strum and I would just sing to the Lord. Like I didn't, I think my mind didn't even know what I was doing, right. but my parents were like, Hey, like our son is like, this is something special. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, um, as time went on in sixth grade, my dad actually planted a church, uh, in the area They're in Alabama. Now they moved. Um, but he was like, do you like want to lead worship for our church? And so it was a simple, it was a small gathering of like 20 people every Sunday in a movie theater. And, uh, I was like, yeah, like this is awesome. And still then, I had no idea. Like, I knew that I loved Jesus, and I knew like the simplistics of it. But it wasn't until I would say my junior year of high school that in high school I went to a, a, a private Christian school, and I was able to lead worship for their chapel team. And that's kind of where like the Lord geared my attention towards like, hey, I'm really calling you to ministry because I was set. I remember I was set to go to school in Atlanta. 
and study business. Like I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. This is what everybody's doing. And uh, so I did that and then eventually I just got plugged in here and I've been you know, very blessed. I had a, a job uh, at the beginning of 2019 where I was leading worship for a church um, but I still believe the Lord had a lot to, to teach me and grow me in before I was ready to be, you know, the guy. And so um, I'm, I'm really thankful that I'm serving here now. And it's, it's definitely still something that the Lord is calling me to. Uh, right now I'm pursuing my associates. And then I'll be going back to Liberty University online uh, to get a bachelor's in worship ministry. Nice. So That's awesome. That's where I'm at now. And uh, with that being said, it's kind of cool that there's kind of, I was telling Josie, there's kind of like a generational type feel here, because I know, Andy, you uh, had a lot to do with Josie, um, like desire, like not, I wouldn't say desiring worship leading, but you had a big role in his life. And then um, Joshi has kind of been like that role to me, like it's been so good to be learning and growing underneath him. And now uh, JJ as well, he's leading with you guys a lot. So like, I guess my question is like, what is the importance of that? What is the importance of mentorship? And how does that look like in your guys' roles? If that makes sense. Like, how does that look? Um, like, I'm trying to word this. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that like, yeah, I mean, I was, I wasn't really mentored until I came here to the US. For sure. And then when I came here to the US, I, you know, I moved here to work for the church because the pastor would preach from the stage like i don't preach to make you better listeners i preach to make you better worshipers mm -hmm. so i was like whoa i want to be a part of that right. um and uh i had a lot of things that needed to be straightened out in my life before i think i could qualify as a worship leader i think at that point i was just behaving like a song leader hmm if if god was going to give me a title yeah and um and so coming under like some strong accountability was like really kind of life-saving to me because you want someone who's going to mentor your life and not be like don't sing this but sing this right but instead be kind of like don't live that way live this way mm -hmm. right and uh that's what actually turns like a worship leader a song leader into a worship leader um, unless you think that worship is just songs. Right. So, um, yes, sir. And, um, and so, like, I think most people, like, want mentorship because they're desperate mm -hmm. for um, some, like, counsel and, and direction and even correction. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that biblically like to be kind of like a mother and father to people is like extremely important yeah. in their life. I mean, just you look at your, your testimony and just kind of like being adopted right. and, and a strong parent over your life. Um, it's a game changer. Yeah. Pretty much kind of just like uh, telling you about the love of the Lord, pointing you in the right direction is is exactly what I'm saying is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about yeah. but then I think like when you then start collecting these things as I did like I was so thankful to be under a pastor for probably like I would say the first five years here was like the most formative years for me and then I got married 
Yeah. And then, you know, I got kind of released a little bit more. But, um, but at that point that I got married and then your eyes become kind of aware of a lot of other things in your life that are more important than just singing songs. Um, and you actually start to see the other side of the, the perspective, which is like, wait a second, this isn't my kingdom I'm trying to build. And I tell worship leaders a lot, like you, you basically, like humility for a worship leader is defined by you standing in the tension of, I am not owed this, what I'm doing, and I don't own this, yeah. what I'm doing. That's good. And if you stand in the middle of that, then God will bless you. And if you stand on either side, you'll just be fighting him. And... And if you stand right in the middle, then you actually get the truest perspective of like, what I'm doing right now is building something for someone else to, to step up to. And when, yeah. they, and when they step up into my role, I don't want everybody to talk about how, how in tune my voice was or how many chords I knew how to play. I want them to talk about my life. Jesus. Yeah. I want them to talk about my character. Yeah. Like as the loudest thing about who I am. And so therefore, that's like, good. when you, like, mentor someone now, you're like, well, that's what I want <laughs> for you. Right. You know, like, that's what I want. It, bro, it's not about the songs. You're, like, shaking people. Like, it's yeah. not about the songs. It's not mm. about the songs. You're like, and they're like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> I feel like even early in my... Yeah, it's yeah. not about like, uh, you know, learning how to use planning center or, you know, that's, right. yeah. or learning how to do, how do you do what you do on stage? Yeah. But more like, how do you live life in such a way that honors the Lord and loves people? And, and uh, that's been like the most helpful thing, even when we were in the training center or, you know, uh, just sitting under Pastor Jason or, or, you know, several, several men that God has led into my life that, yeah. uh, have been just super fundamental. It wasn't that they just showed me how to do the thing was that they shared their very life with me, you know? And, um, I think that has been the most pivotal. It wasn't the two-hour meeting right at Starbucks. It was the sitting in the car talking yeah, or driving to some event or whatever and, and just sharing our hearts with each other. And I think that's like been so, so fundamental yeah. for me. I have uh, – do we have time to talk? No, yeah. Go okay. Right. Um, I went to this event a couple of years ago that a whole bunch of worship leaders were invited to – and it was very informal and it was very and it was about 100 people there and um and it wasn't transactional for for anybody in the room there was no like hey if you come then you have to do this or anything it was just like to be there and just to gather and just to do fellowship and um and um brooke uh liquorwood is that her name? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I apologize. Um, uh, was there with her husband, and and it was like very very casual, and and she was asked to like stand up and 
and the only people in the room are like worship leaders from organizations and churches and bands. There's no one in the room who is who Brooke needs to like say the impressive word to. No one's fooled by it, right? Before she even opens her mouth. Like it's not like a room of like 20,000 worshipers where you're like, man, I really need to nail like an intellectual thought right now. <laughs> she just got, got up and she was just like, and she was asked kind of at the last moment to get up and say something. And she had kind of 10 minutes to speak and she spent the whole time just talking about how she wasn't interested in giving her life to, to teach people how to sing songs better, but was but wanted just to gather people around her table and live life right in front of those people. Man. And I just like lost it. Like <laughs> like my wife was with me and I just like I I'm I like messy cried. Yeah. Like it, in a way that I haven't done in a long time. I got no shame saying that because all this sense of just like what I really believe mentoring to be was being said by this person that the whole world is watching. And I just thank God for that. That like mm. you like because I thought, well, I'm way further down the tree. Right. You know? Like I'm just pastoring this small little community in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. This person is known by everybody across the whole world. And that's and she has no one in this room to impress. To impress. And she's saying that she's going to give her life just to invite people around her table. Is... And, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's powerful because I think even early on in my like when I started doing and serving in ministry and I kind of, I had this idea that mentorship was like learning how to use planning center and doing just like all these small things. And I think like being underneath Jason and, and Joshi and then having these guys in my life, like who actually, I think it's so important to have these guys in your life who are invested in you and like are, they want to know you and want to like actually have a conversation with you because I've been in relationships where it just feels like forced, where it's just right. like, oh, I'm just doing this because it's like my job or whatever. But it's like, right. it's, I, yeah, it's super, it's super important and it's super like, cause then when you're, when you're in that position of like, man, this guy really cares about me and wants to see me grow and love the Lord. I feel like that kind of fosters that in yourself where you're like, Hey, I want to do that for other people. It opens the door you know, right. for like realness and authenticity. Uh, um, in first Corinthians, Paul talks about this. Uh, he's like, you have 10,000 teachers, but you don't have many fathers. Right. And that's what he was saying. I want to be a father to you. Like, right. you know, and, and it immediately changes it from learning something to, a relationship, right. which is ultimately what the Lord is right. doing in us, right? He's not just trying to like... It's not a list of rules. Hey, learn all this stuff, right? right? Yeah. Live your life with me is what the Lord's inviting us into. So I think mentorship is absolutely pivotal. I don't even know if I fully like that word because that word sounds like <laughs> for something sure. you have to do. Right. Make no, sure you get mentored, sure. you know, but... yeah. Um, it really is just relationship, totally. and we just put a title on it. Yeah, feel right. like you know, 
Yeah. Well, Andy, um, you guys just dropped an album back in, was it March? It was. Yeah. Kind of, it was Grace's on our side and I was in, I was there when you guys recorded it and I just think it was, that was a super fruitful album for me. I still play it all the time. And it's like, just tell me a little bit like about the heart behind it. Why that idea of Grace is on our side and like what went into that? I know that's like a super loaded question, but. No, um, well, we, we wrote um, about, we released the record in, wait, what year is it now? Like 2020, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and we recorded the record, I don't know, a few months before that and we released it march 13th which was the same day that the governor of illinois shut down yeah all. i remember that was all because we were gonna we were actually on stage and had finished the rehearsal for the uh the release concert and we were i hadn't even put my guitar down and um, one of the guys in leadership from the church walked in and was just like, the governor just made a statement and you're like, oh, no. we can't do this <laughs> event. And there was this sense of disappointment. I remember driving home and just kind of having, having an out with the Lord in the car. Uh, and, um, and it's where it really occurred to me that what we were about to, what we, the season that we were going into is not plan B. What just happened right there in the room was not plan B. That's where mm. your mind goes to. Right. We have to like shift to plan B. We have to pivot. God's like, no, uh, still functioning in plan A. Like I looked down the corridor of time and I saw that this was going to happen. And that really helped us, I think, see that this record was going to serve that season really well. Yes. Um, and we wrote... 80% of those songs in 2018. So I've always known that there's like a prophetic value to songs. That's not like a scary word to use, but in the no, sense sure. of like, God is like, hey, I'm going to show up at your songwriter's retreat. And in the very sweet, humble way that I am, I'm going to just kind of like nudge you into things that I know your church is going to need maybe two years from now, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, right. and you know, we all walk out the songwriter and retreat thinking, I wrote this amazing song, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, God's like, yeah, 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 sure. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but just you wait Andy and see what right. I do with it, yeah, you know, right. and, um, and so, uh, grace is, something that is available to everybody and um, whatever situation that you are in it is important that you know that grace is on your side yeah god's grace god's favor is towards you and not against you um, if you choose to follow him and, and 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 turn to him and embrace him as christ and savior of your life and 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 that's when, like, when you open up the package of a record, you have songs like, God, you're not done yet. And you were faithful then and you'll be faithful now, which is an amazing song. I love that song because it, it's really a song about God's resume. Hmm. 
it's like it's being able to look back at the mountains that you that you thought were impossible to get over yeah. and then you did wow. and then they were huge at that moment but then you've made it 10 miles down the road since that point and that mountain looks a lot smaller but now you're standing in front of another mountain you're like well this one's bigger <laughs> than, no than ever and yeah. god's like wait just turn around for a second and look that i was <laughs> faithful then hmm. so like i'll be faithful now and the whole song the whole record i think in a sweet way points towards that whole thing yeah um in the subtleties of of different lyrics and the, the narrative of it but um I, but i think that like it served this season really well um and actually like at this moment like i'm i'm kind of like getting my plan together just to be kind of like let's rev the engines again and just right into the next yeah season you know um because we don't know what's going to be happening in the world right a year two years from now but i would love to be able to give my church songs to be able to sing that really speak to those yeah. moments. and god knows exactly still functioning in plan a yeah it's never you know? it's never plan b with god josie no, always no. says that it's never plan b so i stole it from him yeah so um I guess along that same token, what would be, because JJ and I actually just just wrote, and this is my first time really sitting down and, and writing um, seriously, you know, with something that I want to like release. And what would you, what would be like your advice to young songwriters? Categorically, top of the hill. Right. One piece of advice is that God did not give you a gift of songwriting to bless the church. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Say that one more time. God did not give you a <laughs> gift of songwriting to bless the church. Just categorically didn't. Right. God, God, like, we don't need more songs. There's great songs out there. Um, God gave you a gift of songwriting because he wants to spend time with you. Yeah. And, um, and that's, he saw you and knew you and created within you a means by which he could spend time with you and if that's not the chief end of sitting in a writer's room or a zoom session for like three hours <laughs> um like i could i can hardly pray for three minutes without my mind wandering yeah yet i can sit in a writer's room for three hours with my bible open and know we spent great time with the lord today and if this counts for nothing then god was like yeah but i got to hang out with you for three hours and you you hardly can pray to me for three minutes yeah right wow. so so and where that all comes in, what happens is that the songwriter then says no no, no i'm what i got given is this um um like so therefore like let me just say therefore like when songs seem to just kind of like come out of the sky sometimes or or you actually spend months and months working on them like it's still at the end of the day you feel still feel this sense of just kind of like wow this is awesome like i love singing this and we wrote it it's a gift mm -hmm. right and 
and it's not an award. And like, you know, you and I've talked about a little bit about this offline. Like, like if it was an award, he would call it an award, right? Right. And also, if it was an award, um, it would be about you. Exactly. And because award shows like are about the people receiving the awards, but gifts are about the giver. So the the best gifts that I've ever been given don't make me think about myself. They make me think about the person who gave me the gift. And and so when you write songs, um, God is definitely not saying, wait a second, I know you've been singing, I, Lord, I need you, I need you. But let me just change the narrative here, guys. Like, <laughs> actually, I need you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, just FYI, just like God's not going to do that. He's not going to like change the, you know, for songwriters. Yeah. You know, everybody needs right. me. But with songwriters, right. I need them. Right. Like, like right. he wants to use. Yeah. <laughs> like, like God's not going to do that with you. But instead, he just wants to like give out mm. these songs that are actually like gifts that represent the relationship and the friendship that you have with him, just like a regular gift does. Yeah. And often I've kind of talked about songs being kind of like boats and and how, you know, you could go and sit on the side of a lake and you could go and sit on the side of a lake and see like two sailboats out, right. out on a lake and their sails are up. And they could be exactly the same sailboat, but one's moving faster than the other. And that's still mm. because in 2020, only God can put the wind in the sails of a boat. Mm. And so you can't manifest how great a song is going to be. God is completely in control of that. Your job is simply just to build the boat mm. and then push it out on the sea of grace that God has given us to push these boats out on and see what God does with it. But just to round this point up, sorry. No, you're good, man. Is, this, is, this is good. Is like if you built like, uh, there's a guy called Pete Sanchez who is the worship pastor down at New Life in Colorado Springs where like desperation is, yeah. and, you know. And I think Pete's probably in his late 60s, early 70s now. And he sat down in his 40s I think, to write 150 songs, a song for each psalm. Hmm. So, so what he did is he, he would read the psalm and then he would sing something that was an expression of that psalm. And so he did. Jeez. And um, it took him a while to do it. And one of those songs is I Exalt Thee, hmm. which, wow. which everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, you didn't know who Pete Sanchez was until I just told you. <laughs> right, I did. Right? And do you know what? Pete Sanchez has 149 boats that God was like, those 149 are just for you and me. So who wins? Pete wins. Pete what? wins. Uh, right? Like, we, we got to share one of them. I think that's so good. How and we, you, and yeah. we look at songwriting as just kind of like, if a ton of people sing this song, then I've right. won. Pete's like, nah, <laughs> nah, I won. 
I've got yeah. 149 songs that you'll never hear. But every time I push one of those boats out on the lake, Jesus is in that boat with me and it's just us. And we don't have to share it with one single person. Wow. And that's why, like in songwriting, just like head back to the boat shed, write some songs, push them out on the lake, and know that like the greatest joy out of that whole thing, the greatest gift out of writing those songs might just be that 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 boat only has room for me and Jesus. Wow. wow. Right? Boom. Yeah, no, that's that's good because I feel like like as JJ and I were sitting down to to write this song that we just wrote, um, I wanted to make it very clear. And in my own mind, I feel like there's always that temptation to be like, man, this is going to be like the sickest song, you know, <laughs> like there's always that. We're going to make it after this. <laughs> yeah, there's always that temptation. But I, I, I wanted to be like, hey, man, like I want to write with you, but I want this to be like kind of like we we're talking like I want that to be just like the relationship, right? Like I want to get to know you more through this. And mm. if the Lord does something with it, awesome. But we just, I feel like there's that attitude of surrender, which is where I kind of feel like, you know, like the song came from, yeah. you know? Cause I feel like in that season, and JJ, you can speak into this too. There was just like a number of things, decisions, thoughts, ideas that we were like, man, like I've been holding on to this with a tight fist. Like I've been holding on to like, uh, like reputation and time and decisions and all this stuff mm. with like, man, I want to do this or I'm going to make this big decision on my own. And then God, I'll give you like whatever comes after that. So I, I, we wrote the song, have it all. And it was just like this idea of like, God, like literally like take it, yeah, like have it, you know? And so I don't know, JJ, if you want to speak into that all, but that was like my heart behind it. And I thought, yeah. you know, it was, it was good like to write and to actually have a relationship rather than Man, our main focus is to write this and push it out as soon as we can so that people can hear it and we can just bless like you said, like it's not to bless the church. So yeah. Yeah. Um I think, yeah, behind that was definitely like for both of us, it was like a need to really express to God, like I don't have I don't have control. Like, okay, so I think it's like in the first place. Um I was actually watching a message the other day that really made it clear for me. So we always tell God, um, like, take control. Lord, I give you control. I give you control of this moment. I give you my heart. Um, but I think it's so funny how, like, in the first place, it doesn't even belong to us. Right. And so it's like, it's like Lord, I'm going to give you the illusion that this belongs to me. I'm going to give up this illusion. Hmm. And so, yeah, I think this was a great opportunity to really kind of just put that into song. And uh where it does encourage the church, it encourages you to let go of this illusion that you do have control or you have um, the next day already in your hands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was definitely a great time um, to begin this process of songwriting. Like I'm still like a little baby songwriter. <laughs> and right. like, um, like Andy was saying before, like it's great quality time that you spend in songwriting that God really shows up and that you're able to really see his heart and so yeah it's a great experience for sure yeah man because this is this is also heading into a season where you did you had some decisions to make i know you're headed mm. off to to liberty and you're gonna start studying and, and start really pursuing you made the collective right so yes, sir. Yeah. what what kind of what was your thought process during all this you kind of we talked about it a little bit it was, it yeah. was a pretty crazy season <laughs> 
Oh my lord. Um the whole process was I would I would say it was about like 5 months the whole waiting process. Um but how I would describe it is legit like God's hand was just over the entire thing. Yeah. Um and what I would say to that is just whatever God speaks to you, if he speaks a word to you, um there's no doubt, no night, no darkness, no nothing. Um, that can like whisper away what God has already spoken. Yeah. What he says is going to come to pass no matter what. Um, so there's a whole story behind that, but I'll say a little bit. Um, it kind of all started um, at a worship a worship cohort night. So Andy was there, but um, I never really met him personally. Um, so it was, it was a good night. We were heading out and all of a sudden I kind of just felt the spirit just leading me to walk back into the room. Um, so I walked back in. I was kind of just talking in there, and uh, Andy came up to me. And so it was just like in that moment that I was presented with an opportunity um, to record. Eventually, I was able to send an audition, and this is all just by the hand of God. Um, and there's so much that just goes into this um, in God's intentionality and his positioning. So I would just say that... Um, to make it short, this whole season is just uh it's been learning to wait on God and it's been learning to trust that whatever he does is good. Um I would say that better than the outcome or being on the collective even, I would say that I actually learned to like appreciate the waiting so much more just because let's go. He taught me so much in the waiting. Yeah. He like revealed so many struggles to me in the waiting and like it's in this waiting um, that he actually bared so much fruit and pruned me so much. And mm. uh, he kind of like introduced things to me that he said, like, nah, this can't go with you into the next into the next place. This can't go with you into the next place because um, I'm going to need you to deal with things that um, you can't have in your life anymore. Right. And so I think he used this season of waiting to really prune me. And it was so much more valuable than the actual outcome of whatever was to happen, if I made the collective or if I didn't. And so I think it makes the next season that much more valuable and exciting just because the whole time, um, being able to stay with God and stick with God, um, it teaches you and it prepares you and you're able to let go of some of the things that might have hindered you in the next season that he might be calling you into. Yeah, So that's really good. Yeah. That's sweet, man. Yeah, it's been a joy to hear your heart behind all that. Yes, bro. It's been... You know, I, it kind of, you know, reminds me of just God's, like, faithfulness. And in, in the waiting, like, he's actually working because I feel like a lot of times <laughs> we don't see it and we're like, oh, like, well, maybe he's taking a break. You know, like, like I, man. I, but, but, like, no, like, he's always doing something. Like Andy was saying, like, there's no plan B. Like, the, the God of the universe is constantly working. So it's been, right. it's just been encouraging to, to hear from you because I feel like when you hear from other people, like, we know these things, right? But it kind of mm. reassures us and kind of like reminds us of who of who our God is. Yeah, it's so encouraging because like you can see somebody else go through a season and because of their testimony, because they share it with you, it's almost like an encouragement to you. It is an encouragement to you. Yeah. Because it's not like you forgot like who God is, but it's like you see God working in somebody else's life. You right. see his hand. And so you know that even if it's like a sit down season for you or you don't necessarily see something just coming straight at you, um, you can still believe and know that God is not going to waste whatever you're in, yeah. whatever season you're in. So, And that's kind of been, I feel like that's kind of been my 
theme, whatever you would say of, of 2020 is mm-hmm. like the phrase that always comes to my mind. And I told you this is like no moment is wasted. Like with, mm-hmm. with the Lord, no moment is wasted. Like he's always working things like Romans says for for our good and for his glory. And so I think just like being reminded of that was, was super helpful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess lastly, like and this is kind of an open ended question is what is like the Lord doing in your heart? What is he teaching you in this season? And I guess you could answer as much or as little as you want, but I just, I think it's when, when a group of guys or when a group of people like just share what the Lord is doing, kind of like we were just saying, like it builds up and it encourages. So I guess whoever wants to say anything, but. Good on Joshi. You haven't said for a while. (laughs) Yeah, Joshi. I think, um, like everybody in the world <laughs> right now it's just the the joy of of not doing anything not having a ton to do right in one sense i mean it's just different stuff to do i guess but like the joy of just being i think uh i've just been with all the extra time in social distancing or whatever we call it um just enjoying being with my family. And I think through that, Lord was just like, and that's how I feel when I have your attention, mm. <laughs> you know, 100%. Mm. Like, that's what the Lord's heart is as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we know that, right? Like, like, I think we know that on like a, yes, the Lord desires relationship level, but... When I feel, when you can feel a little glimpse of what the Lord feels when he has all of us, you know, um, it's just like open the door to like what the point of relationship with the Lord is. And uh, I've just been um, really soaking in that Mm. and enjoying that and delighting it. and it takes the pressure off man like yeah. <laughs> the pressure to perform the pressure to make sure you get all the you know your eggs in what is the saying eggs in, a row, the eggs in a basket <laughs> right. um and it's just like the just being with the lord part of it has been so so refreshing and yeah just developing some friendships with people that um i've we've just kind of gone to church together. We've just kind of been in a small group together. It's given some opportunities for that. And I think the Lord is just, you know, that's what the Lord is after is um, authenticity and realness and um, being yourself and not pretending to be someone else. And I've, in the last year, I feel like the Lord has just really been gracious to help uncover some of that in my own life. And, um, yeah, that's like what the Lord's doing in me, man. That's Showing me the his relational side, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. he's just God and I'm just human and kind of, you know, like kind of removing that barrier and seeing him well, more as, yeah, no, I actually want to be with you. I don't just love you because I have to. I like you too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm. and that's been really, really... Um, encouraging 
to me. And, you know, there's so many things that we're obviously grieving in this season, but that's one thing I'm holding on to is, is, you know, and so, yeah. For me, I would say um, for this season, it would be to lean on God. Um, mm -hmm. And I think this is something that he really wants to instill in me, like right now in this time, like at this age in this season, because um, I would consider like where I am right now, even though it's like so exciting um, this next season, like I would consider like where I am right now, it feels kind of like the wilderness. Like sometimes you don't, you don't necessarily always like hear his voice. Um, but it's that, it's that um, very thing that he's kind of just saying to me, like lean into me more. And it's when you hunger for him and when you just lean into him and you press in, um, it's like those moments where you really begin to actually like receive direction from him, correction, um, where he starts to place people in your life. And so I think he's trying to teach me right now to lean into him yeah. um, so that when I come out of this season of the wilderness, um, that I'll still know how to lean on him, even when I have abundance in supply or whatever that is. And so, yeah, for me, he's teaching me to lean on his understanding. It's so good, man. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, it's been like a season of, of identity. Um, you know, I've been going hard at worship leading for <clears throat> 20 plus years. And, and, and at least for the last 15, I've, I've asked myself periodically, like, who is Andy without the weekend service and mm. because it's the one consistent you know i don't get up at the same minute every day i don't spend time with god at the same time every day like but the right. weekend rehearsal sound check is the same time every week and the services are the same time every week and it's like defined this pattern in my life and, and, and I've asked myself a number of times, like, if you take that away, like, does it change my identity? And I, um, and so it helped me to just kind of like press into like, you know, I have this, this banner over my life that says worship leader. It's, it's who I'm known by. I'm not going to like try and shake it off, but, but to really try to dig into what that looks like without song what that looks like without rehearsal, what that looks like mm. without a service to show up to. And and do I, if I'm looking through the eyes of the Lord, do I, do I still retain the same title? Yeah. Um, um, and so that's been like, a, that's actually kind of propelled me to like dig into, dig in, to like a new level of theology and doctrine and um and um and also like um you know so there's like the special revelation of God speaking through his word but then there's also like general revelation of just God just like giving me a backyard yeah and and propelling me to just be kind of like going do something with this. Like mm. I gave this to you. So like I went and built a tree house with my kids and, <laughs> and I see them like go down the zip line and have so much fun. And I think to myself, like, uh, I, I'm doing that because it's the, it's the kid in me. Yeah. And I'm a kid in a big kingdom. 
I'm just older and taller than what I was when I was their age. <laughs> but, but I'm still yeah. looking through the same pair of eyes. Mm. And, and, and so, like, I'm just using this season just to kind of, like, kind of claim some innocence and identity yeah. back while we have the, the shift in schedule to be able to do it. Yeah. That's good. Guys, thanks so much. I think uh, this was just awesome and, and fruitful for me too. I think that the Lord's done a lot. And so thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, where can we find you guys? Where can we, you know, if they want to look you up or whatever, what are you, where are you guys at? Uh, check me on an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> JJ underscore H-A-S-U-L-U-B-E. Hasalube. Yup. So if you want to check me on an Instagram, that's the plug. So, <laughs> yup. Uh, I'm on the Instagram as well. Uh, Andy Rosier. <laughs> I keep one picture up at a time. Yeah, I was going so, to I noticed something that about so, that. So, yeah. That is. Yeah, I think that personally for me, the, the, the scrolling through of pictures gives a false narrative of my life. Well, it, it, it says something about my life that's not true. So, so I just went down to one picture. And every time I upload another one, I'm like, I just archive. I was wondering, like, what was behind that? I was yeah, like, there's the definitely preview. something, yeah, like, that. deep behind yeah. that. I saw that. I thought it like, was, like, a glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's really cool. It's very intentional. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Josh? Uh, I don't know how long, long I'll be on social media anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, J92. Nice. And uh, Facebook. Awesome. Yes, I guess I should also give a plug for Vertical Worship. And yeah, like, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so Vertical's like the songwriting arm of of our church in Chicago, um, and uh, big things cooking right now, man. So awesome, keep your eyes on that. Keep awesome. On that. So. Well, guys, thanks for watching, and we'll uh, 